what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, ship me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. After our on and off weeks, we are back on. So, mm-hmm. how do you feel after the whole trade deadline, Tom? Well, it sure was <laughs> interesting. I didn't think that there was going to be trades that were being traded. And I was I was actually quite surprised when I saw the trades go down i was not so surprised with the montgomery one i kind of thought they would do something there but we can get into that later yes we will uh first we've got plenty of other news that we're going to get into and then we were going to analyze discuss slice and dice all the trades and how we think that will affect the rest of the season fantasy wise mm-hmm. um but we have to start with buffalo bills quarterback watch 2018 <laughs> Uh. Derek Anderson, he gave it a valiant effort against the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. through, you know, three quarters. It was it was a game. I thought, oh, maybe this Bills defense can pull one out and Derek Anderson could just not screw up. But <laughs> guess what? He yep. screwed up. And yep. Derek Anderson looks like he has a concussion. So Nathan Peterman's back in the fold. Uh. And... <laughs> The Bills have signed Matt Barkley to a one-year deal, mm-hmm. and Terrell Pryor is signed with the Bills, and apparently <laughs> Sean McDermott hasn't ruled him out playing quarterback. And by the way, uh, Terrell Pryor's career passer rating of a measly 69.3 is more than twice as good as Nathan Peterman's career passer rating of 31.4. <laughs> that's, re- that's really sad. <laughs> that's really that, sad. He is not playing a quarterback position in years and now he's going to be considered to be the starting quarterback wow i mean that's just it's unbelievable well to be fair he hasn't really played wide receiver in a couple years well he hasn't played (laughs) he hasn't played well uh but he's he's played a little bit he's played more wide receiver in the last few years than he has quarterback that is very true and a a person on that team that i thought would no longer be there but it's still there. LaShawn McCoy did not get traded yep. at the deadline, so nope. he's still a Buffalo Bill, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's happy or sad about that because there's zero chance that LaShawn McCoy makes the playoffs this year. Well, yeah, and if I'm going to almost put this out there, I mean, there's a chance that a fantasy team could have him and make the playoffs, but he's not really contributing to any of your fantasy lineups at this point. So he's almost, unless he would have got traded, it's almost not even worth having him on your roster. It's not. And the Buffalo Bills have only scored two offensive touchdowns in the last 22 quarters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're having to roll out LaShawn McCoy or Chris Ivory in that offense, it's probably because you're starting about... 17 offensive players in your league and you just have to have a body in there and i do have (laughs) that situation in my other salary cap league so yeah it's enough to get you know six eight ten points out of them and i'm happy because i am not expecting a single thing out of that offense for the rest of this season no definitely not 
Especially if they have a wide receiver playing quarterback. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of quarterback watches, let's move to San Francisco. Oh. <laughs> C.J. Beathard struggling to hold the ball with his sore right wrist. He's mm-hmm. not practicing. And Shanahan said it will be a challenge for him to play Thursday. So who does that leave for their starting quarterback? Nick Mullins. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. But it's uh, against the Raiders. So there's a chance he could win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, if it wasn't against the Raiders, there'd be zero chance. And even then, I don't, I mean, I mean, this is just, it's almost worse than the Bills right now. Like, unless Beathard can play. Beathard's better than anybody the Bills have, but... Wow, Mullins, oh, my goodness. This is just it, – the quarterbacks, I feel like, it's just getting thinner and thinner. You're not really finding the guys that are actually decent anymore. It, you either have these outstanding guys or you have people that are just so completely untrustworthy. There are some average you know, quarterbacks that can get you through, but, man, it just seems like it's just one or the other lately. Yep, it's – it's not a good situation for anybody if <clears throat> anybody were to go down right now. Uh, I think yeah. maybe, again, the Eagles would be the only team out there yeah. to have a competent backup quarterback, and it wasn't Actually, even that great this season. Well, yeah, in the Jets. Yeah. And the Jets, too. <laughs> because I mean, honestly, I think the Jets' backup quarterback's probably better than their starting quarterback at this point. But I, you can't make the change now. You have to keep him in there and just keep him as confident as he can be going into next year. I just, I just kind of wish they wouldn't have started Darnold to begin with. I've said it enough. Yes. <laughs> I made my point, but yeah. So we'll move on to another team with the quarterback issue. <laughs> and that team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. James yeah, Winston. oh man. Holy crap. Oh, I, ooh, <laughs> just... He was okay for a couple of games fantasy-wise. He wasn't the Mm -hmm. greatest quarterback out there NFL-wise, but fantasy he was doing just fine. And he even scored an okay amount of points after throwing four interceptions last game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But here we are. He is benched, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is now back in. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, because he now has uh, enough attempts is now leading the league in passer rating among the qualified quarterbacks with a 119.3 yep. rating. I mean, let's let's listen. Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the starter for the rest of the year. If they go back and forth, it's just that's just a, a debacle. He is the better quarterback right now. It's clear. It's very clear. And he took a team that was out it completely out of that game and brought them back into that game last week. And they, they didn't win, but without him it would have been just a debacle. It would have been a horrible. They would have lost by a lot, but they ended up getting to a very legitimate chance of winning that game. Yeah, I basically stopped watching. And exactly. Especially yep. after, you know, Winston got benched in the one league that I had to play Winston. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not even going to pay attention to that game. And yeah. then all of a sudden I get updates on my phone about, oh, Fitzpatrick has completed the comeback. I'm like, what? what's going on here? And mm-hmm. it was a tie ball game. And then by the time I could even get into the ESPN app to see what the score was and what was going on, the Bengals had already driven down and kicked the field goal. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, it's bucks, fine. But Bang- hey, the Bengals probably deserve to win that game. But man, it was just—it's—it's 
it's something to watch Jameis Winston just go horrible. And then Fitzpatrick coming in and just do what what Fitzpatrick has basically done for the whole year. He had a couple not-so-good games, and so they were like, okay, well, we can't have him starting. I, I kind of understand it, but... Man, he hasn't been terrible at all. He he's just he's been either really 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 good or average or maybe a little bit below average. To me, he that's had a not bad enough. Half and he yeah, even came just, back in the second half against Pittsburgh and had a good fantasy game. They couldn't mm-hmm. pull it all the way off, but right. he's, he's had one bad half. So he's had yep. three full good games. And in those three and a half total games, Fitzpatrick has thrown for fifteen hundred and fifty yards, thirteen <laughs> touchdowns, and five interceptions. That's yeah. still a decent amount of interceptions for three and mm-hmm. a half games. Not now, great. how many how many interceptions has Jameis Winston had? Well, let's see. We're we're <laughs> we're gonna reach into a different stat here. Um, in twenty one total games between the other quarterbacks in that division, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, those three quarterbacks have thrown a combined seven interceptions. In the last <laughs> 13 quarters, Jameis Winston has thrown 10 interceptions. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you know how many touchdowns yeah. he's thrown? I don't. Six. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, that's not the worst in the world, but that's just. Ugh. It's not good. And. No. In 48 total games that Jameis Winston has started, mm. he has 70, 7-0, 70 turnovers. Wow. Wow. He has not progressed that's much in his NFL 48, career. I mean, it's not quite two per game, but, I mean, that's at least one a game. It's one that's and a half never, a game. That's never good. That's not, <laughs> that's not going to win you games ever. You know, I understand that in – rookie year, maybe even your second year. Right, yeah. You know, like what Sam Darnold has done. He's had a couple of turnover, you know, heavy games, and then he's had a couple of good games. So I expect some progression. And so far, Jameis Winston has not progressed in his career. And I think his time is done in Tampa Bay, which means... Yeah, and it's it's hurt the Buccaneers. They're (laughs) last in the division. They're three and four. I mean, if if it if it was Fitzpatrick, they wouldn't be three and four. I promise you, they'd have at least four wins. They could be at least four and three. Yeah, it, it, it just wow. It's just to me, Jameis Winston's just not fit to be a starting quarterback in the league, and he's fine as a backup. But I, he's he's going to struggle with that for a while because I think he feels like he's a starter, and I just don't think he's good enough. No, and uh, I read something earlier today that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, since their inception into this league, have never given a drafted quarterback a second contract. And <laughs> I think that streak is going to continue. Yeah, uh, definitely not going to give Jameis Winston. If they do that, then they deserve to be bad for the rest of their <laughs> time that he is the quarterback because that's just that would be a horrible move. But, I mean, there's, there's other teams that haven't given – I don't know how long the, the – uh, Buccaneers have been in the league but I can imagine that the Jets are probably in the same page there as far as that the amount of time that the Buccaneers have been in the league we haven't probably well maybe Chad Pennington I'm not sure I have to I'd have to look it up I'm not going to do that right now but yeah so we've gotten through the quarterback watch yeah but we haven't talked about the coach watch 
<laughs> and we all knew it was coming mm-hmm. because the Browns have just not cut it. Nope. And they have the talent to do so for yep. some reason. Jarvis Landry has fallen off of cliff. Yeah. And his yards per catch have gone dramatically down. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield, since his first couple games, has just not looked very good. Nope. And I don't know if it was due to offensive play calling or coaching staff overall, but I read something about Hugh Jackson was on his way to fire Todd Haley when he was stopped and (laughs) fired. And then Todd Haley was fired that same day. Yeah. And with that Hugh Jackson firing, the Browns have made the last six coaching changes in the AFC North. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> they they they're just they're just a debacle. It's the Browns. I hate saying this every single time. I feel every year we say the same thing. Now the Browns have found a way to be the Browns. Even though at the beginning of the year, I remember both of us, we were thinking this is the year that they can actually do something. And everybody really kind of thought that. And I said it at the beginning of the year. If the Browns can't do it here, Jackson is fired. And he's just they just can't do it so he's gone i mean that's just plain and simple he was gonna he knew he was on a short leash he knew he had to do it this year and he did not do it he did not even get close to doing it nope. at least they won a game i can say that they won they won that's it <laughs> and technically hugh jackson was fired during his most successful season as a Browns head coach. <laughs> I'm not sure what that says, but that's not a good thing for in his case. No, it sure is not. Uh, oh. Extra little flavorful stat here: Bill Belichick would have to lose 1,070 football games in a row to fall to the same losing percentage as Hugh Jackson as a head coach. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> not surprising, but, no. but that's that is that that's just just tells you how good six point eight seven five seasons he would have to lose <laughs> in a row to go zero and sixteen every year for sixty six plus seasons. <laughs> that tells you how good he's been and how bad the Browns have been. Yep. That's just wow. Yeah, and. Uh, I believe I read something I don't have it in front of me. I know I sent it to you the other day. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Hugh Jackson, out of 219 coaches or something of that age, he was number 218 on the list of winning Uh percentages. (laughs) And the only coach that was worse than him was an old Philadelphia Eagles coach. (laughs) And the only reason he didn't get fired was because he was the owner. (laughs) <laughs> i mean that helps i mean i think a little bit hey guys how how are we doing uh we're doing good coach uh who do you th- you think the coach is the problem no i don't think so owner yeah. uh, <laughs> you don't know who you're talking to anymore in that case but yeah that's that's kind of funny that just tells you though that he just was he was a really bad coach and he's probably going to get a coordinator job somewhere i would assume but he's never going to be a head coach ever again. I would hope not. This no. has to be the final 
audition for Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets a coordinator role in a couple of years just to see, you know, a struggling up and coming team. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but uh, now the Browns are a defensive-minded head coach with Greg Williams, yep. and we'll see what they can do with Baker Mayfield for the rest of the year because Baker needs some help. I think he needs some better play calling. Maybe they just let him, hey, go out there and see what you can do. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I think they shouldn't have ever benched him. And just like Sam right. Darnold in your case, they should have just waited. Yep. But they thought they could win. And yep. we all did too. So I guess we're all a little bit to blame for the <laughs> interesting season of the I just, Cleveland Browns. I just want to look and see here who the Browns play. The Browns play the Chiefs this week. That's all. If they win this oh, week. Oh, good Lord. Don't even start. <laughs> if they won this game after firing Hugh Jackson, it would be, there would be a party in the streets. I guarantee Yeah, it. there's no doubt. But realistically, I'm going to go through their schedule real quick. I don't want to hang on the Browns too much. Sure. But, the Chiefs, that's a loss. Falcons, that's a loss. Bengals, that's a loss. Texans, that's a loss. Panthers, that's a loss. Broncos, maybe. And then the Bengals and Ravens. I can't imagine they win any more than maybe two more games the rest of the year. Yeah. If they do, that's success. In that, they can they can at least look at that and have some kind of positive attitude if they win more than two games for the rest of the year. Yeah, and uh, I just brought up the schedule for this week to check over some of the games, and I see that the uh, uh, Chiefs are at the Browns, so it's in Cleveland, and you Mm -hmm. can get tickets for as low as $25. Jeez. (laughs) That's pretty cheap to go see Kermit the Frog, Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Yep. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of teams on by this week. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, a couple more news items before we talk about the trades. I just got to mm-hmm. get that stuff out there. Um, the uh, well, Adam Thielen is just on yeah. a rampage. Mm-hmm. He has now had eight straight games of more than a hundred receiving yards, which is. Uh, a record, or I think at least tied with uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah. And he has 925 receiving yards already, which is more than Stefan Diggs has ever had in an entire season. <laughs> I know he's only wow. been in the league for a couple of years, but hey. Yeah. 925 yards in eight games. Adam Thielen yeah. is money in the bank. Is there a possibility that you think that he breaks 2,000? I have a feeling... The Vikings are on a decline. <laughs> okay, I, I it to get two thousand, it would be insane. Yes, but I mean, he's not quite on pace for it, but he's darn near close. So yeah, if they're a decline at all, there's no chance he's going to do it. But I just thought maybe I'd throw that question out there. Yeah, maybe see what see yeah. if, see what you thought. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spooky stat for Halloween since we are recording on here. Okay, I'm done with it. I want to see if you can name a (laughs) few quarterbacks here. Okay. Top five quarterbacks in the league to date passing yards. In the league, like as far as this year or for all time? Yes, this year. Well, uh, top five, I'm going to definitely put uh, Drew Brees in there. No. No. <laughs> Not for passing yards. Oh, passing yards. <sighs> um, 
Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. <clears throat> yeah, I just uh, I gotta think a little bit. I mean, oh, I mean, who's the best quarterback fantasy wise right now? Uh, Mahomes. There you go. He's Definitely. number one. Definitely Mahomes. Who's throwing to Adam Thielen. Yeah. Oh wow, Kirk Cousins. That's the He's last thing I would have thought. I would never have thought of him, to be honest. Who just beat the Packers? Uh oh wow, Jared Goff. Number Man. three. Now we're gonna go to number five, and that is somebody who just lost their starting running back and has one of the best wide receivers in the league without a touchdown. Mm. Matt Ryan? Mm-hmm. He's number five. Number Phew. four on this list. You will never guess. I think that's what I was uh, stalling on before. I was like, "This." I feel like he's asking me these questions because it's trick it questions. This is but. an extreme trick question because oh, his team so has one win on the year. Okay, wow. Um, one win. I can't even think of what team has one win. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to just spill the beans on that one. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Yeah, that I was not expecting that at all. At all. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? They don't really run the ball as much as you think. They just well, it seems like they pass it a lot. They're down. They can't run the ball. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the only reason Saquon Barkley is good is because he gets nine catches a yep. game for eighty yards, mm-hmm. and there's your seventeen PPR points, and then whatever else he gives you. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> it's been an insane ride for the Giants, and I'm actually a little surprised we can move into the trade portion of this program, I'm surprised the Giants didn't trade more people. Uh, yeah. They only got rid of uh, Damon Harrison mm-hmm. uh, a few days ago, and then there were all sorts of rumors. Everybody was on the block except for Saquon Barkley, and <laughs> nobody went anywhere. Norris Jenkins didn't go anywhere. There was even rumors of Landon Collins was in trade yep. talks, and nothing, nobody. Yep. And they're one in six, and they yeah. have nothing <laughs> to offer themselves as a team. Yeah. And they didn't uh, really gain anything for next year. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder what their their plan is for next year. Like, uh, if Eli wants to continue playing, do they even say, "Oh yeah, okay"? I mean, <laughs> I, I just I don't know what the Giants are doing. They're they're almost to me at this point is worse off than the Raiders. Like I can see what Gruden's doing to a certain extent. He's traded away some people. He's gotten rid of guys and, and he's got, he's got some draft picks. Yes, he does. I mean, <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't go on uh, empty handed with these guys. He actually got some draft picks out of it. So he's rebuilding. I'm not going to completely say that he's off his rocker. Although some of the things that he's done have been a little, fishy to say the least but well i tell you what I, let me stop you just for yeah a go ahead there. that's the thing we have been ripping john gruden yeah because we're like what are you doing we thought we they were in a win now mode they had the pieces there and mm-hmm. he blew it up before the season started with khalil mack right and then he got a first round pick out of amari cooper yeah and it's like now i'm that's starting his best to move. wonder was this his plan the whole time 
if that's the case, then that's fine. He's doing a fine job. But the, the, we didn't think that that's what he was doing from the start. We thought he wanted to win. I think he was just going to ride it out and see what happened and then v- eventually you know, trade Amari Cooper for a first-round pick. <laughs> that is just genius right yeah. there. That's the, that's the best move of the year. I really do think that. Oh, yeah, and, for him, definitely. For, yeah. Um, what was the other – what was – well, I forgot what we were talking about. Before <laughs> we were before about we went the to the Giants Raiders. and Eli Manning, which – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they are definitely worse off than the Raiders at this point. And I think – this this is my prediction. Next year, the starting quarterback for the New York Giants will be Jameis Winston. <laughs> oh, that's just gonna put them in. I mean, he's gonna be better than Eli. I think. Really? I don't really know. <laughs> I think he'll be better than Eli. But they're just gonna. That's just horrible. That the Giants need to do something else. That's not right. No, it's not right at all. Uh, so they make no moves. The Cowboys, after trading their first-round pick for Amari Cooper, yep. make no moves. Not surprising yep. there. The Washington Redskins, however, did make a move. And I was very, very sad about this because I don't want the Redskins to get better because I think the right. Eagles still have a shot at that division. But now the Redskins have the top two rated safeties in the league after giving mm-hmm. up a fourth round pick for haha Clinton Dix. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think that the Packers are almost looking like they're just kind of yeah, this season's kind of whatever. Like but they still have a chance. <laughs> it's just really weird to me that they're doing this uh the way they're doing it, but hey, Clinton Dix is going to help out the Redskins a lot. There's oh. no question about that. He's a great safety. But yeah, I just the Redskins they still have a chance uh to do something this year. There's not, really everybody outside of the uh Giants have a chance. True. Um I'm not giving the Cowboys much of a chance, but they have a they they, they have a one little tiny percentage <laughs> chance. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say it's the Redskins or the Eagles and I'm going to lean my my personal opinions the Eagles. Uh I'm not going to ask you for that. I know you won't you won't give me an answer either way. So <laughs> Now, as far as the HaHa Clinton Dix trade goes, there's a ton of Packer fans just like, what are we doing? We still yeah. are trying to win this year. And mm-hmm. I agree with them. Mm-hmm. I think they should have held on to Clinton Dix if they actually believe they have a shot yes. to get to the playoffs and make a run for the Super Bowl. But this is not something that should be confusing for Packers fans because – the Packers' secondary in 2015 consisted of Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, Demarius Randall, HaHa Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, Sam Shields, and Quentin Rollins. Three yeah. years later, they are all gone. The Packers do yeah. not hold on to defensive backs. And HaHa Clinton Dix was a free agent after this year, so they wanted to get something out of him. It makes sense to a certain extent now that you put it that way, but... I don't know. I mean, they're still they're still in the division. I don't know. It just seems kind of strange. I I completely we can shift to the Packers trading uh, Montgomery away to the Ravens. Which I mean, the Raven. Let's just face it. Ravens got a heck of a deal. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 Montgomery is not that bad of a player to to get a seventh rounder in twenty twenty. I mean, that's. That's that's a heck of a deal, and I know the Packers were just go- they wanted to probably just get rid of him. <laughs> they were probably going to cut him if they didn't trade him. So 
okay, that's fine. But the Ravens are, are actually sitting pretty good with Montgomery right there. I like I like what they did there. It makes me a little sad. I just traded a minor trade, but I needed to get some kind of offensive help in the flag league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I traded off Gio Bernard, who's been off injured this year and yeah. maybe not much of a force when Joe Mixon is on the field anyway. And I got Buck Allen and Seth Roberts. Mm-hmm. Not terrible, not great, but whatever. And now with Ty Montgomery coming over to the Ravens, what does that mean for Buck Allen? He's been okay, but yeah. now is he going to be on the field as much? I'm sure the next couple of weeks it'll still be more Allen than Montgomery, but will Montgomery take over that role? Um, I don't know. I, 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 it, what's it mean for Collins? Like that's the one that's kind of con- confusing me. And are they actually going to use Ty Montgomery as a running back, or do they think that Good he's question. better served as a as a wide receiver because he came into the league as a wide receiver? And I'm not saying that the Ravens need a bunch of help at wide receiver, but they kind of need a little bit of help at wide receiver. They don't have that guy. I'm not saying Montgomery's going to be that guy either, but. He's just a guy that can help that Ravens team. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much as far as fantasy value on him. I wouldn't put much value on him right now. But we have to kind of wait a couple weeks to see what it is. But, I mean, a couple weeks is a long time to wait because we are right in the middle of the season and it's winding down for fantasy yes, football. We've only got uh, five, six more weeks in some cases before yep. the playoffs are going to start for fantasy. So we kind of need to know what we have and – with Ty Montgomery, we don't know what we have, but no, not yet. Now but, that Montgomery is gone, I think Aaron Jones Aaron is Jones. going to I, feast. I was down on him at the beginning of the year, not down on him so much, but I just thought it was going to be Montgomery that takes the role, and that didn't obviously didn't happen. But I mean, the last few games that I've watched, and Aaron Jones is—he's amazing. And my brother, he has said it a thousand <laughs> times to me, and I just kind of—I'm I'm holding off a little bit. But I've, I've watched last week, and he is really good. He's really good. He's a big reason why the Packers were in that game, because he is just—he's getting five yards per carry. It seems like every time he touches the ball. So he's—he's he's a good talent. And my bro- my brother said he's the best running back the Packers have had since I'm on Green. And I, I can't disagree with that because they haven't had anything since i'm agreeing that's but true yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah so hopefully uh aaron jones owners out there rejoicing they have a little less yep um snap count to worry about he should be on the field more and more as the season progresses maybe if the packers can <laughs> not take too much of a hit on defense because of ha-ha leaving. They won't be giving up a bazillion points a game, and they can run the ball a little more. But mm-hmm. I am not going to hold my breath on that. I it, still it went, think it's going to be the Aaron Rodgers show, and yeah. it's going to be blowout upon blowout or you know, high-scoring games in those, which is still yep. good fantasy-wise. You still have a shot with Aaron Jones, but I don't think he's going to get a lot of carries per se. I, I would like to see them uh, kind of just take t- slow the game down a little bit, kind of just give it to Aaron Jones and Williams a little bit too. I think Williams' value goes up a little bit too with the trade. Not a lot because he didn't have that much value to begin with, but I, I think that's what the Packers' plan should be. I, I don't know what their plan is since they're trading away HaHa Clinton Dix, but I I think they should just kind of slow it down a little bit, and when Aaron Rodgers – needs to make something happen, he can make that happen. I, I would like to see them just run the ball a little bit more. 
I don't think they do, like you said. I think they're just going to say, we got Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's, again, a, a knock on Mike McCarthy. I think that he just, yeah. when he has something and he knows that it's a good thing, he just rolls with it, and he never actually – he never changes the plan. No. It seems like he always goes with Aaron Rodgers because he has Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to <laughs> – I don't want to bash McCarthy every single episode, but it seems like that this just kind of makes sense. It does. It makes complete sense. Uh, the team that just beat the Packers mm-hmm. because of – well, maybe not because of, but in spite of Ty Montgomery not taking a knee, <laughs> yeah. the Los Angeles Rams traded for an edge rusher in Dante Fowler Jr. Yep. He's been the forgotten guy on the Jaguars, just mm-hmm. not quite playing up to his potential. Uh, yeah. They gave up. The Rams did uh, a 2019 third-round pick and a 2020 fifth round pick and I was reading that the 2019 third round pick is conditional uh, if they don't re-sign Fowler and he signs in free agency somewhere uh, they'll probably get a compensatory pick and it'll be the higher of like either the Rams pick if something doesn't happen or the higher of the two compensatory I don't know what was going on but it's conditional (laughs) A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So a third and a fifth for Dante Fowler almost seems like a lot to give up. But if. Yeah, I mean, you think because their defense is already fairly good, uh, it didn't seem like you need to improve it that much. But hey, you improve your defense. This is the year the Rams think that they're going to yep, win the they Super gotta Bowl. Go all in this, this, is, year. this is it. They have to do this to, to make it there. And listen, I think that. It gives them a better team. It does. And I think have the best chance of everybody right now in the NFC to make it to the, the Super Bowl. Um, they're going to have to get through the playoffs. That's always the biggest challenge. But yep. they've pretty much locked the yeah. playoffs. They're so, pretty much done in their division already. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, were, we were talking a couple of weeks ago that we didn't think the Rams were as good as everybody made them out to be. Mm-hmm. Um and they the Packers almost proved us right. Yeah, uh, if Aaron Rodgers would have had a chance with a couple minutes left in that game, I about guarantee you they go down and kick another field goal to win yeah. that game, and we'd be talking a little. Well, are the Rams for real? Because that was their first real challenge of the year, basically, yeah. and they almost yeah, and, lost. And I think if we go back and look at their um their schedule, they didn't really win by a lot from a lot of the other games. They were closer games than what people might think. The Rams are a really good team. There's no doubt about that. But they play the Saints next week, right, I think? Yes, the Packers And that's – the who who does the Packers? Oh no, the you said I was going to say I'd have to make sense. Sorry. I thought it was the Rams. Nope. But yeah, the, they play the, they play the Saints next week. If the Saints just play the normal game, I I'm honestly I would I will pick the Saints. That'd be my upset of the week. It would be. And I don't know what the spread on that game. I'm assuming is, that the Rams would be favored. I'm sure they probably are favored. Uh, I haven't looked. What is at New Orleans? So yeah. it might be. It might be fairly close. It might be you know a, a one to two point favor for the Rams, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that was an even game. 
being that it's in New Orleans. I'm going to look it up real quick. Okay. We can keep going, but once I find it, I'll, I'll let you know. Sure, sure. Uh, with that trade, now the Rams' defensive front is going to be led by four former first-round picks. Aaron Donald <laughs> was the 13th overall in 2014, and Damakasu was second overall in 2010. Michael Brockers was 14th overall in 2012, and Dante Fowler went third overall in 2015. So they have four guys on their defensive line that went no worse than 14th overall in their drafts. (laughs) Yep, yep. We've got two more trades we can talk about. Okay, hold on. I just found it. Okay. The Rams are favored by one. One so point. One or one and a half. There's a few separate ones sure, sitting here. Sure. So, um, but, uh, yeah, oh, I, I do. Think I, I also forgot to throw in there. I mentioned to you before we started uh, recording that the Jets were trying to get Dante Fowler, but apparently yeah. the price tag got a little too much for them in a season it's, that they really shouldn't be worrying about trading for two yeah, month it's not, rentals. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth the Jets trying to get better this year. We don't need to get better this year. We're not going to get to the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Uh, every win we get is a, a, a great sign, but we don't need to try and trade our future way to get somebody for this year. Just Very not it's just not smart. Nope. It would it would have questioned a lot of Jets fans. Yeah. Like, wait, why? There's no doubt about that. We're not going to win the division this year. Nope. And playoffs are kind of far-fetched. They're not out of it, obviously. Yeah. But why get rid of more possible pieces to you know give Sam Darnold when you're... Right. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so we've got two, two trades left. Obviously, we're going to save the... Uh, Certain one for last. <laughs> <laughs> the the next trade we will discuss is the Houston Texans okay. getting Demarius Thomas. Yeah. They gave a 2019 fourth and seventh rounder, which I thought was perfectly acceptable for yeah, them. Yeah, fine. Demarius Thomas has still got, I think, a year left on his deal with a pretty okay. good amount of money on it. Uh, but... The Texans lost Will Fuller for the rest of the yep. year, which is a huge blow. And Demarius yeah. Thomas doesn't really fill the Will Fuller role, no. so it's going to be interesting. No, he's definitely not Will Fuller. He's not that type of wide receiver. But they needed to get a wide receiver that has experience and that has still a decent amount of talent left. He's still pretty decent. He just doesn't seem like he's clicking with the Broncos yet this year. But... He, if he can be anything close to what he was you know, three years ago, I mean they're going to be they're going to be a really good team still, and I think the Texans still have a really good chance of of uh, I don't know about winning division so much, but I, I think hey, they still have a chance. Won five straight games, so they're like yeah, five they, and they three. still have a chance. I mean, I I don't think they're better with Demarius Thomas than what they were with Will Fuller, but I don't think they decline as much as people might think they do and I think this is a genius move for them and they just need to keep it going just keep it going because if if they fall back remember the first, that one couple weeks that Will Fuller Will Fuller wasn't on the field they didn't look good no they looked actually really bad so I'm I'm worried but I think that they made the adequate move to to sustain their success and you have a really good wide receiver on the other side as well so I, I think this helps Fill that gap. 
I like how most of the words you used there were neither positive nor negative, adequate, <laughs> sustain. Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing in there to give you really any hype about Demaryius Thomas. No, and that's that's kind of where he is right now. If and that's the big one. If he can get back to 2000, whatever it was, a few years ago, then I can say he's going to be great. But I can't say that until unless I see it happen. Now, the best part about Demarius Thomas going to Houston is he absolutely 100% does not need to be the number one wide receiver there. Exactly. Now, yep. it was kind of, in my opinion, Emmanuel Sanders was the number one receiver yeah. in Denver. Yep. But Demarius Thomas probably was still considered yeah. like the X receiver, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call the number one receiver. So now that he doesn't have to be on the number one guy probably ever unless yeah. they're playing zones, which then that doesn't matter either, he will have a shot. Now he's got to hang on to these passes because Deshaun <laughs> Watson's throws are going to be a little different than Case Keenum. Yeah, they will be, no doubt about that. And the other great part about this trade is Houston plays Denver this week. <laughs> uh, that is that is great. That's going to be awesome. I think that's actually something you can you can turn on for a few seconds and actually enjoy that, and then realize oh the Texans are destroying the Broncos. Okay, well, I yes. can turn this one off. Uh, yep, it's at Denver, so we will see how the crowd reacts. Will they still love Demarius Thomas? I mm. mean, they've they've had plenty of great uh, seasons and moments with him. Uh, everybody will remember that Tim Tebow passed to Demarius Thomas <laughs> to win that playoff game. Yep. So they shouldn't have too much ill will towards Demarius. I, I imagine. I imagine that they would give him uh, maybe not a standing ovation, but they give him a pretty good uh, round of applause. I would say. Yep. And with that, we will talk about my favorite trade of the day, obviously. <laughs> drum roll, please. Oh, yeah, <laughs> drum roll. Golden Tate is now a member mm -hmm. of the Philadelphia Eagles. We gave up a third rounder. I know mm -hmm. that seems kind of high, not as high mm -hmm. as a first rounder for Amari Cooper. <laughs> but if the Eagles do not sign him, which will be interesting because I think uh, Nelson Aguilar will also be a free agent after this year or if we or maybe there was a condition where we'd have to pay him eight million something like that yeah. so it's not a guarantee that we'd keep Nelson Aguilar but if we don't keep Golden Tate we will probably get a compensatory pick in 2020 of either a third or fourth rounder so giving up a third rounder we may still end up with another third rounder in two years. <laughs> so it's almost a free rental, and we have two second-round picks next year. So I was absolutely 100% okay giving up a third-rounder for one of yeah. the most oh, consistent yeah. wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, like you said, way better of a receiver to me than Amari Cooper, and you're giving up a third-rounder, not a first. I, I absolutely think that this is the right move for the Eagles. I think the Eagles are better off as a team. Now, as far as fantasy goes, this is a question actually for me. I'm going to ask you <laughs> okay. because I have I'm, I'm I'm partners with one of my other really good friends on another league, and we have Jeffrey, we have Aguilar, we we have Tate. Now we have no. three wide receivers on the same team. Oh. We also have we also have a, we also have Corey Clement, which um, we're not probably not going to play him anymore anyway. But we have too many Eagles. Yes. Uh, what do we do with Aguilar? Because I'm assuming he's the one that's going to fall oh. off a little bit. Man. 
I don't know what to do. I, I don't know if I can trade one of these guys. I just, it's just, this is a really, it's a pickle for me right now. It is a giant pickle. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Alshon will be fine. He is right. the number one wide receiver there no matter what. He'll have his great games. He'll have his not so great games. But he, his position there is cemented. There's nothing to worry about. Yes, Alshon I agree with Jeffrey, that. He will get his... Everything is going to stay the same for Alshon, in my opinion. So now we're talking about Tate, Aguilar, Ertz. It's they're mm-hmm. all kind of in that same position, working the middle of the field. Um, Tate has worked on the outside. Aguilar's worked on the outside a little bit. They both <laughs> run jet sweeps. It's like mm-hmm. they're the same player, but Golden Tate is better. So See, yeah, he, yeah, that's where the problem is, is because if we weren't starting Aguilar, it wouldn't be a problem. But we have been starting all three of these guys every week, and we pretty much have to because there are, we don't have a lot of depth. And it was just kind of how the, the league was set up. We didn't have the opportunity to get depth. But it's just it's it's a pickle because we don't have a lot that can replace Aguilar. So I feel like I still have to play all three of these guys. Yeah, I really don't that, want to. You don't want to play three guys, I, exactly. wide receivers from the same team. I mean, there, I know. there are games that it's probably going to be all right, but you're not going to be able to pick out which weeks those are going to happen. So if I had to do something, I would probably try and package Aguilar yeah. with somebody else that maybe you're not playing every week and just – something almost a lateral move but you're gonna have to throw in another guy and yeah man it's, it's, yeah, it's so just, hard it stinks well i'll figure it out we'll get there but yeah and when we're doing actually pretty good way better than i thought we might do yeah. in this league when we started this up i was like this is a weird league i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to get this <laughs> right but we got it right me and him we figured this out we we're actually i think we're five and three or something like that yeah. so we're actually doing pretty decent i might i'm, I, I'm I'm happy where we're at. We have some success. We're actually one of the higher scoring leagues or teams in the league. But this has definitely thrown a wrench into it. And I didn't expect this to happen. And probably worse for you this week because the Eagles are on bye. So now you have yeah. all those guys that are thrown out the window yeah. this week, which mm-hmm. actually in NFL terms, I think was perfect timing that the trade deadline came during Philadelphia's bye week. <laughs> so they have an extra few days yeah, for Golden Tate's gonna, Tate to yeah. get used to Carson Wentz and see yep. what that's all about. But as far as fantasy goes, man, it's that hurts. Um, that does hurt because we were counting on having Tate for the bye week, but now we don't. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of uh, wide receivers, uh, decent ones that are on bye this week. So it's a it's, uh, it's a pickle for more than just anybody who owns Philadelphia Eagles. The Bengals are on by, so no Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green. Mm. Uh, the Colts are on by, so no T.Y. Hilton. The Giants mm. are on by, so no Sterling Shepard, no mm-hmm. OBJ. Uh, Cardinals are on by, so no Fitzgerald or Christian Kirk, if that's where you're going. And the Jaguars <laughs> are on by. So if you were playing Moncrief or Chark, I know Chark has yeah. been looking good, and yeah. uh, Keelan Cole and those guys, it's – there's a lot of wide receivers on by this week. So if you're looking to get somebody else off the waiver wire, it's it's going to be slim pickings. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I'm just trying to look. I'm I'm looking at that lineup right now. I'm sorry, it got me so worried that I have yeah, to actually I'm try sure. and figure this out. But yeah, that's gonna be. I'm not gonna look at it. We can just keep going. All right. <laughs> um, I just wanted to add a couple of things about you know that Eagles offense, uh, i.e. the Eagles team in general, because we're averaging about the same amount of points given up per game as we were last year during our Super Bowl run. Our offensive points have been a lot less, and to be able to keep up with the Saints and the Rams, we're going to have to score a lot more points. Yeah, no so doubt. So I'm glad that they got an offensive piece instead of a defensive piece. Yes, yeah. Because they need to score, and we have been getting up and down the field no problem the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Mm-hmm. We've been having a problem getting it into the end zone. Yep. But I think that should be something that gets better and stabilizes. Um, it's like two weeks ago, you guys were playing the Panthers, and you were dominating that whole game, but it, the, you kept them close yes. because you couldn't you couldn't get that ball in the end zone. So this will help. No doubt that Golden Tate is on the field for you guys. It's going to help you guys be able to get – at least a little more pressure off of some of the other guys. Maybe Ertz gets a little more open. Maybe Alshon Jeffrey gets a little more open. We'll see what happens, but I definitely think this helps you guys get that ball in the end zone a little bit more often. I mean, it it feels like teams are not going to be able to play man coverage against us. I mean, even our fourth and fifth wide receivers, when they're out there, I mean, we might be getting Mac Hollins back. Um and Dallas Garter on the field, like if it's all going to be one on one, it's going to be hard to stop because Carson can figure out what defenses are playing mm-hmm. against them. No, so if he no can find that, that mismatch, there's going to be a mismatch every single play on the field when you have Alshon, Tate, yep. Aguilar, Ertz, yep. and Goddard. If those are your five wide receivers out there, that that's who, yeah. Who do you try no and doubt. take out of the equation? <laughs> that, that's a really good question and when you have somebody that I believe is one of the better quarterbacks in the league and I know it doesn't seem like he's made the headlines like he did last year but Carson Wentz is is really smart he's a really good quarterback he knows his weapons and now he's got five legitimate weapons that he can go to the running back scenario isn't as um, <laughs> concrete as it right. was uh, when it, when we started the season, or even last year, but I mean, this is this is this is a good quarterback that can make things happen. Not only with arm either; he's he's good at running the ball. He's he's his vision is amazing. His awareness is awesome. Uh, he's going to make this happen, and you guys are going to win uh, more games than not for the rest of this year. And you're going to make the playoffs. I'm predicting this. You're making the playoffs. You're going to win the division. And I don't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to predict what happens in the playoffs, but yeah, yeah. Let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And the Jets are going to make the playoffs, and the Jets are going to win the division, and the All Jets right, are going to win the shut Super it Bowl. Down. It's, it's, we're done. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I did want to throw out there um, before the season started, we had talked about another quarterback possibly making a season like Carson Wentz did last year because they mm-hmm. got the pieces of the puzzle for him and it's starting to fall into place and that guy is Mitch Trubisky. Yep, I knew exactly where you were going with this because we talked about it so many so much and it actually is happening. It, it looks good for them right now. 
He is on pace right now for 4,150 yards passing, mm-hmm. 34 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. And on the yeah. ground, another 675 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. That would be the best <laughs> season a Chicago quarterback has ever had by a wide margin. I yeah. mean, it's not even close. That would be insane if he could put up those stats. Now, I'm not saying that pace <laughs> is what you should look at because he had a couple of really good games in there where it probably skewed his average touchdowns per game. Mm-hmm. But he is looking really good right now. And Tariq Cohen has finally come oh, out of his yeah. shell. About time. I've been talking about. I was talking about him for so long, and then it, a few weeks ago, he was like, "All right, I'm ready." And I was just like, "Yes, I knew yeah. this was going to happen." And now, speaking of Mitch Trubisky, mm-hmm. uh, back in 2003, an eight-year-old Kareem Hunt rushed for over 700 yards and 10 touchdowns. In a sixty-one to fifty-nine victory <laughs> of his youth football championship, <laughs> the other team had a kid who rushed for six hundred yards and nine touchdowns. That was Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> wow, uh, that's awesome! I, I would that have is loved amazing. to have been there and yeah. knew what the future held. To see Mitch Trubisky versus Kareem Hunt get 1,300 yards and 19 touchdowns in a single game that was decided by two points. That's awesome. That's just awesome. I'll tell you what, though. I will say I'm going to go off. I'm not going to talk about peewee football anymore. But um, uh, I just want to say that now it's starting to look a little clearer that when the Bears made that trade in the draft to go up one spot to get Mitchell Trubisky, Maybe they saw something that nobody else really saw. Maybe they saw that this guy can be that guy. Still don't know if they needed to trade that pick to get there. He probably right. would have fell the next pick, but at least they went out there and got the guy they wanted, and it's starting to look like it's paying off. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it now. Uh, yeah. It seemed like a lot to move up, but, man, yep. it's, I, I think – Better safe than sorry is what the Bears it, should yeah. just be saying about that right now mm-hmm. if he continues his production. Um, I'm going to throw out a couple little other news tidbits that we didn't get to at the beginning that I'm seeing now on my list here. Uh, okay. Yeah, we talked about Amari Cooper and yep. how the Cowboys gave up a first-round pick for uh-huh. him. <laughs> well, only two receivers last year had drop rates over 12%. Mm. One of those was Amari Cooper, Mm -hmm. and the other was Des Bryant. (laughs) So, you know, they're just sliding him right into that position that Des was in. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And I mentioned to you uh, basically right when the trade happened, I do think that this is going to help Beasley. I don't really know exactly what to think, but I do think it helps Beasley uh, become a better receiver for uh, he's going to get open more. I'm not sure, but it's just something I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. I think this, I think it's a legitimate chance that he is going to have a better opportunity to not only receive more balls, but just you know just be open more. Maybe he's going to get a longer uh, uh, yards after the catch type of deal, and maybe he can sneak in for an end zone touchdown uh, visit once in a while. I hope you're wrong because I don't want anybody on the Cowboys to well, do I, anything good. But <laughs> right, I know what you're saying. But 
I have Beasley won the league, so I'm trying to be positive. Yes, of right? course you are. <laughs> Golly. Uh, speaking Jeez. of positive, I think <laughs> uh, Derek Carr had commented on Dominique Rogers Cromartie retiring midseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he's a kind of a half glass full kind of guy. He said, I'd rather have it that way than at halftime of a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, could, we, we know some other people that have retired in the middle of the game. And it did not uh, bode well for them. Uh, it's not boding well for either of the teams no. now that have had a <laughs> cornerback retire at some point during their season. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, we were talking about the Rams playing the Saints this week. And if you're mm-hmm. in DFS, you might as well fire up anybody you can get in yeah. that oh, game yeah. because this is mm-hmm. going to be the first game in NFL history in week nine or later featuring two teams that are averaging 33 or more points per game. That's that's awesome. Now, you just watch. It's going to be like a three to five or three to six. Oh, yeah. We've seen stupid. that before, you know, mm-hmm. Saints and Giants. Like, oh, the last time they played, yep. it was a 52 to 49 game. And, yeah, and then it's like 20 to 17 or something <laughs> like that. So... I would love to see a defensive shootout in this one. I don't have a lot of stock in the Rams Saints. I do have some more in the Saints, but I have uh, some more in the Saints. Yeah, yep. But yeah, it, it's, it could be an amazing. This could be a preview of an NFC Championship game, and it well, could there's no be doubt about that. A similar style game to the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl last year, dude. If that's if that's going to happen, everybody in that game needs to be on. It's funny. I was telling you, uh, I think it was last week. You know, last year I had Todd Gurley uh, in a lot of my leagues, and I just I was always watching every single Rams game. Yeah. It seemed like I was paying attention. Now I don't have like anybody on the Rams, and they're doing really awesome. And I'm not even thinking about them <laughs> that much. But they're 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 undefeated. Yep. And here we are. And that's just like, ah, every time I'm thinking fantasy, I'm like, I don't want to watch the Rams game. But they're they're so good at actually kind of do want to watch the Rams game, especially when they're playing another good team. Like they were even last week I wanted to watch that game because I knew the Packers were good enough to make that competitive. But now I really want to watch this game against the Saints. I think this is going to be a great game. I hope for a shootout. I think that's that's what the NFL probably wants to. Oh, of course. But if it's going to be a defensive battle as well, I'm fine with that. I want to see that happen as well. I'm it, This game, to me, there's only one thing that could go wrong and is if one team blows the other team out. That's the only thing that could go wrong with this game. And even then, if that's happening, the other team is good enough to at least get a bunch of garbage time points. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, now, let's go to the opposite of what we could see as an amazing high-scoring game because this will be the second Monday night game in a row that I may not even watch much of because Tennessee is at Dallas on Monday night yeah. this week. And it yeah. just screams of boring yeah i mean it's Zeke gonna be might watched. do his thing but good lord i just uh I it's gonna care. be <laughs> it's gonna be cowboys fans which is you know most most everybody are cowboys fans in the world uh but that I mean unfortunately but i can't imagine anybody wants to watch that game for the titans <laughs> i just yeah, I I can see people wanting to watch a game. Cooper's on the field, and 
it's, it's something new to watch, something to see how he develops with that team. But That's true. I, 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 I probably won't watch more than maybe the first half <laughs> unless it gets to be a really interesting game. But, yeah, it, it depends on it. Really, okay, here's, here's the deal. It depends on my fantasy team. If I am yes. on the wire of winning, I will be watching that whole game. But if I'm already either losing by a lot or winning by a lot, hopefully, then I probably won't watch more than a half. Yeah. That's very true. And now that Better Call Saul is done, I don't have anything yeah. to watch on Monday nights. So yep. Yep. I might just flip it on and, and <laughs> you know, here we go. Uh, let's talk about one more game before we wrap up this show. Sunday night, this is what I thought you were mentioning earlier. It's Green Bay at New England. Hmm. And this game, I kind of hope it's a shootout because I want it to be entertaining but at the yep. same time, I want the Packers to just destroy the Patriots. Yeah, of course. I I would love to see the Packers just annihilate. I don't I don't want the Patriots to win ever. It doesn't matter who they play. It could be the Cowboys for all I care, and the Cowboys can just destroy them, and I'd be happy. But yeah, I I I have this feeling that the Packers aren't going to win this game, and, and that's probably what the Packers were thinking when they traded away Ha Ha Clinton Dix because they're like, <laughs> we got to play the Patriots. Yeah, if we don't win that game, our season's <laughs> over. And I, I kind of agree with that to a certain extent. Yeah, almost. Uh, it, it is kind of funny that the two, the late-er and Sunday night game uh, is Rams, New Orleans, Green right. Bay, New England. Those four teams – that those two games are yeah, going to be game. so fantasy relevant because mm-hmm. everybody has everybody on those teams and they're going <laughs> to all be playing this week. I mean, your Geronimo Allisons and your Chris mm-hmm. Hogan's and your Traquan Smiths and your Robert Woods, they're all going to be in there this week because we decide, discussed earlier all those wide receivers are on by this week. So you're going to be yeah. plugging these guys in so everybody is going to be focused on these games not just because it's, they might be good games but because i need points still <laughs> yeah there's a possibility that you could be up like 150 points going into after the the first main slate of games and then you know sunday night and monday night all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm up 150 points and then you look at all the rest of the people yep. that you have to go against oh Oh no! Uh-oh. Oh no! More points. No, p- one hundred fifty points. <laughs> That's nothing. No, not with those four teams playing. Exactly. You yep. Just drain any confidence that you had going into the <laughs> Sunday night stuff. So, but I think that's where we'll end it this week. Yeah. All uh, all of our social media stuff will be posted in the show notes uh, and our yep. phone number as well. That one is six zero eight. Four nine two three four four three. If you want to send us a message, that'd be great. All that stuff will be in there. Uh, we're still on some social media places other than just our own. You know, like Fantasy Football Stardom or Sidham on Facebook, which will yep. also be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Uh, thank you for listening. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, are we going to release this episode tomorrow or tonight? I'm gonna. Try and release it today. Okay, today. So as early as possible. So, it's Halloween. I don't want any tricks. I want a lot of treats. And the biggest treat will be a Jets win. Okay, let's go. All right, that's good enough. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody, and don't forget to stay fueled up this fancy uh. season. <laughs>